welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts, and I am back. I am Eddie Quinones. I'm and, I'm, and I'm Sean Boatwright. Look at that energy coming off of the 9 and yes. one team that we're talking to right now. Yeah, what can not, I say? He's not used to being... Hey, it's not a real 9 and one he's not used to being in that position so he's kind of like acting out. i'm acting wild yeah. listen this is by far the the greatest start to a season i've ever had in this league so yep. let me have it but, but like i said in the chat today you are in the danger zone eddie nine and one Ooh. is where it can all go wrong for it you it all go wrong or it could all go right you might you never know I'll be on the back of that horrible trade you made. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you were better hey. at trading. Yeah, yeah you, you actually feel a lot better about that <laughs> than anything else. Yes. But, um, welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Fantasy um, football is just wild, and I, I, I don't know anything. We, I don't do any of us know anything about how this game's played. No. Yeah, it's all crap, too. Yeah, it is. But... We will. We we are welcoming Eddie back to the pod. Good to have him on. Eddie, what what do you think so far? I just said we don't know anything. What do you? What do you? It's been a weird one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I uh, yeah. It's been it's been a weird one so far. I think teams that you would generally expect to do really well, I think are are like mid pack right now. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not a shot at them or anything. That's just how the season has played out so far. And then you know the the teams that you wouldn't expect to do well. Uh, I think mainly myself with the situation that I'm in um, are doing well. So I don't know. There's, you know, there, there's a couple consistence. Uh, that'll be that Kyron will be at the bottom every year and that Nate will be close to the top, if not at the top every year. Shots fired, Kyron. I'm sorry, but I had to do it. Man, and, uh, flex, so. <laughs> so, but in all seriousness, yeah, I, I think that there's a few individuals. It, it's been a really weird season. Um. Yeah, that's really the, can, the only thing I got. If I can add to that, I think that what it really boils down to, Eddie, is like, and it's something I was I was kind of talking about in the group group me chat a little bit that I, I was tra- like struggling to phrase, which is that like the guys who adapted early to the things that were happening this year have ended up being in a lot better position than they were than if they hadn't. And I know that's like no shit, but it's things like Puka Nakua, right? I, I made a trade that on paper probably looked pretty stupid, right? And I was I, I acknowledge I was taking a bet that Puka would stay relevant through the season, but me moving Waddle allowed me Kyron in your case, right? You saw Kyron had a blow up game and you just started starting him. And I think that's really the big theme that's been throughout the year of like something happened. People were still stuck in their like old fantasy ways, right? This is the best guy. This is who I have to play. But it's not really panning out that way, and so that they're slow to adapt to that. Yeah, I think uh, you had mentioned this, or it might have been somebody else, but people sticking to their drafted value of the players that they took and where they drafted them at. I think that that's what's. I think that's what's been the most different thing out of every other season we've had before. Uh, is that an abnormal amount of guys are underperforming in terms of their in terms compared to their drafted value, and a lot of guys are overperforming 
compared to their drafted value. So I I think that was kind of one of the big things. And I I don't remember exactly who's the one who made that point or who mentioned that, but uh, I think it's a really good one to follow up on. It's, you know, it's hard to give up on a guy who has really high value that you drafted high when he's underperforming. It just is. Mm -hmm. And I think like a, a prime example that comes up is Nick with Joe Burrow. He could have sold Joe Burrow low for a couple weeks. I mean, he threw some offers out at me for Joe Bur- for for me to get in Joe Burrow, and they just weren't offers I was comfortable with. And that's just kind of how it played out. And look, he's back. Well, yeah, he had one really good week, which I would yeah. say he's back. You know what I mean? But he weathered the storm for that. So, yep. you know, I, I know I, I would say eleven out of the other twelve owners in this league would have probably have sold Burrow low. Yeah. Like, Maybe 11, maybe a stretch. I would maybe go like nine for sure. Yeah. That would have sold him low. Well, so. I, I think it depends a lot on like what you're looking for too, right? Yeah. And, and I don't want to belabor the point too much, but I personally like a strong, stable QB room. Mm-hmm. And so when I have a guy like Joe Burrow who's underperforming that significantly, my immediate thought is to bring in somebody else yeah. and just not fuck with it, right? Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think that your point is correct. It's like guys we don't expect to be bad are are playing bad, for lack of a better word. And guys we don't expect to be good, like Jacoby fucking Myers, who's like 21 points a game, right? Adam Thielen, who's blown the top off of like teams. Like nobody thought that they were going to be good and nobody responded quick enough when they were good. To try to, to capitalize, yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah. I think that well, also comes with just like the unexpected, uh, like, is it a fluke? Right. Like Jonu Smith, that's a guy that I picked up, and I was like, low key, he's like doing better than than Pitts. I said he's getting the ball more than Pitts. I said it might sound weird. I said, but I'm gonna go for it. You know what I mean? Like, what's the worst <laughs> that can happen? You know, he doesn't have a good game. Whatever, it could be a fluke. Throw it out the window. But he's actually consistently been outperforming John New Smith all year, which is a weird thing. Like you would think, oh, Pitts is the high guy on that team. He's got to be the guy. You know what I mean? Like why John New Smith doesn't make any sense to do it. And uh, obviously it helps when you're in a position where you can kind of take that risk, which is a little bit different like to some other teams that aren't going to go out there and, and get John New Smith because they, they need for sure guys, you know, or they need guys that have a really high ceiling that they can kind of bet on. But. I think that that's the interesting thing too, like that you brought up and we do need to move it along. So I'll, I'll yes, end my thoughts yes. here, but like Justin Jefferson was publicly put on the trade block today. How many people are realistically in a position to move somebody, the pieces that Max would expect to get back for Justin Jefferson, right? Like obviously my first thought was, fuck, how can I trade for Justin, Justin Jefferson? But like, I, there is no trade that makes sense because then it would put me in a position where I'm punting four weeks. At least, you know what I mean? And so I think that that's another key thing is like you have to be in a position to take the risks. You have to be put yourself in a position where you can try to capitalize on things and not just, um, you know, willy nilly grab the hurt guy because he's available, you know? Yep. Like the point you guys are making, we've had some guys pop off this week before jumping down to fantasy headlines. I think the first one that sticks out is uh, a guy off of your team that are going right in DJ Moore putting 49 points. And then Jamar Chase says, no, no, I'll hold my beer. 
and goes for a historic day of putting up 52.2, putting him in, in rare NFL company and a weird stat line. He is the only other guy, along with Jerry Rice, since 
it's very tough to be bad when you're the only option in a receiving core. Like, look at Adam Thielen. The only difference is DJ Moore has more talent than Thielen in getting yards after carry. So he needs less to do what he does. Do yep. I think he's going to put 49 points again? Absolutely not. Do I think he's got a couple or more than a couple 20-point games in him for the rest of the year? Probably, you know? Yes. I'm comfortable in DJ Moore, and I probably personally would not move off of him unless the offer I got was very, very strong. Same with Fields, yeah. for what it's worth. If I had Fields, I wouldn't be moving him yeah. I think uh, just to, to make to go back to the point of the floor, like as a flex play, yes, 1,000%. I think 12 points is a great place to be for a flex. Like that's yeah. what you want from a flex. I would say that any anything above 10 points for a flex, I think is a good spot. Like, yeah. That's what you want out of those positions. You know, now if we're looking at him as a wide receiver one or two, that's where you start to question it being a low floor for a wide receiver yeah. one or two. 100% again. To the yeah. point of flex, that's a yeah. decent spot. When you're drafted, I think I got him in this. And I'm gonna somebody's gonna tell me I'm wrong because they always do, but I think I drafted him in the sixth. At that point, I feel like I'm drafting a flex place, and if I'm getting 12 points out of him, I'm happy. Obviously, you want more. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not like ah yay 12 points. You want more, but I never I never felt like he was gonna lose me a week of football. You know? Yeah. So you got the fifth round. Okay. That's Sorry. Not horrible. I mean, actually, I would. Well, wait. No, yeah. So I was basically saying because I was drafting the turn, so it was the fifth yeah, turn. Yeah, it was the turn. Yeah. yeah. So it counts. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think on the back you kind of mentioned it as well, Eddie. We there was some other you know outstanding performances. Tyree puts up thirty-one in another thirty-point game as wide receiver one on the year field, as you mentioned. Um, and then Travis Etienne at nine. I don't know how to say it. Um, so kind of piggybacking off the back of our headline number two last week. Um, all the turmoil in Chicago, they seem to have figured it out at least somewhat. Like you said, you're not really sure on it, but we'll see. Um, so, Andre did his three performances, Tyreek Fields and, and uh, ETN. Uh, which is the most indicative to you guys for that player for the team? Which which of those 30 point performances do you think is the most sustainable for each of those given guys, considering the studs that they were taking up? Can we, can we cut Hill out of this? This question. Yeah, Let's cause just I do... was just because that's very easy if Hill's in this question. Yeah, right. I disagree, and the reason is is that Hill's put up three over thirty point games. He's got a forty point game, forty one, thirty two, and thirty one. But these other two games, just the argument you made about DJ Moore, were ten and thirteen points, which from a wide receiver one is not what you're looking for. So that that's why I put this question in here. Maybe even the top might be to the tape. I don't think it's a it's a drive, maybe. I, I, I guess. No, no, no. I guess at the end of the day, you're not wrong. But I feel. I guess to phrase this another way, I'm going to answer it with both, with and without DJ Moore, or not DJ Moore. Um, Hill. Excuse me. I feel like the low scoring games from Hill are abnormal, ab- abnormal, right? They're not indicative of who he is as a player. That's an outlier game. Whether game script got away from them or he was blanketed or something. Do you know what I mean? Where when ETM put up those points, I thought it's about time, right? Because that's what he does, right? He's a lot like Kenneth Walker in that he plods until he rips off a 100, 100 yard run and scores mm-hmm. a touchdown. And so I think for me, I expect to see more games like that out of ETN if he can rip off a big run, is really what it boils down to. Hill, I expect more of his games to be north of 30 points or like closer to 30 than, than less than 20. Yeah. 
So, sure. well, what about you? Ray? Yeah, I completely agree, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, like he just said, the low-scoring games for Tyreek are unexpected, as are the high-scoring games for Fields and ETN. Like, those are unexpected in terms of 30-point performances. You know, you would love for both of them. And don't get me wrong, ETN gets the touches and the carries to be able to drop 30 points a game. He's just not a 30-point sustainable-a-game kind of guy. Like, it just isn't. The way that offense operates, I just it's just not. Uh, at least for me. And from a standpoint of the Dolphins, they have so many weapons where Tyreek is going to be one-on-one, where he is getting those opportunities almost every down yep. to be able to get to that point. And he's going to get the ball. So yeah. that That's how I feel, too, for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah. 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 It wasn't necessarily amazing. It was, I think, just a yeah. Real quick, yeah. I saw Etienne tweeted out that he played against himself. Himself. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I played myself this week. Yeah. And I got to check oh. a lot of that. Oh, I, I, I appreciate when they take it. I, I totally respect when they're like, fuck fantasy, I don't care. Because they get, that's not their job. But I also like the Austin Eckler's in the world where they give a shit and they play yeah. into it. There's yeah, a yeah. little bit of appreciation there for sure. Well, um, it matters to people, and it's nice to know that they understand that they people care about them. You know what I mean? Sure. Not right. that I expect them to do things for it. Like, right. go ahead. All right, all right. All right. Keeping up with the headlines from from last week, uh, Puka Cup had a decent split in the beginning of the game, and for them, probably had a decent split. Cup ends the game uh, eight catches for 118. Puka seven catches, 71, and the touchdown. 12 and 11 targets, respectively. But wait, I know you have thoughts on this, so I'm going to defer to Eddie first. Um, Eddie, is this a game that you think we see out of these two and the Rams offense going forward? I'm going to say yes, but I'm actually curious to see how many pass attempts did Stafford have in total? Do we know? Uh, we can certainly grab that. Because that's 23 targets to two guys. And that, uh, that to me sounds like a very, I don't know. Well, Stafford's been averaging like 40 pass attempts a game. Something like that. So, I, and that was just like, uh, that, that was a very rough number. Yeah. That's would, and, and, and the uh, only reason I'm looking into this is because I'm, I'm curious to see what percentage of the offense runs through those two explicitly. 37 in terms of targets. And again, yeah. they were losing. Yeah. So that's a good well, I think, I think that the challenge there, though, is that you got to remember the defense, defense, the Eagles' offense is set up to have long, sustained drives to keep the opposing offense off the field. Like that's that is their bread and butter. They yeah. they take these long yeah. drives and they're driving me a whole fucking quarter, and then they score. And then so, I think it drives down things like total passes for Stafford. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, but I guess I'm looking more so in the, like, when he does pass the ball, who is he looking at? Yeah. And about 70% of the time, it's those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with that. I I think that this, to me, is going to stay the same for the rest of the season. I think he's going to continue to feed both of these guys. And I think, now, don't get me wrong, I don't think that they're both going to have seven, eight catches apiece for 70 to 100 yards every game together. But I think that it'll be pretty close to where you can. Both of these guys will remain startable for the rest of the year and give you really good performances. 
So Yeah, I, I kind of align with Eddie. Um, I think I'm a little bit higher on Stafford than Eddie is. I think that there's a real good chance Eddie, or, or excuse me, Eddie, Stafford does throw for 250 yards a game at least. And that's, you know, you figure 75% of that is about what you said, Cooper Cup at 100, Puka at 70, 75, and maybe a touchdown. I think the thing that's going to get them is it's going to be a toss-up who gets that touchdown every given week between Pop, Tutu, Puka, and Kyron. Um, I think what what really is going to happen is we're going to see Higby fade out of that offense, and I think that Tutu will be still involved as the guy that they're looking to take deep shots and take the take the top off that defense, but not he's not going to see the volume that he was seeing before, right? And I think that that was shown by them trading. Um, Van Van Jefferson mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, so I, I I guess all this is to say that yes, I agree. I feel like this is probably gonna be the the norm. I think that on any given week, there's a higher than than fifty percent chance both Puka and Cup finish north of twenty. Um, I think Cup is more likely to finish north of 30 than Puka is, but I don't see it as outside of the realm of possibilities for Puka either still um, for what it's worth. I think that unfortunately for, for both of them, we are just going to have to like be happy with getting our 20 to 25 points out of them a week, you know? Yeah. It's not like you're still starting both of them. I don't think any of that's in question. Yeah, it is yeah. just interesting to see when ultimately a line, how, how much it changes over the season Cup can yep. trust leg more. If they trust Cup leg more, does he get more action? You know, he wasn't on a pitch count, but so all of that's interesting for sure. Um, but guys who will be on a pitch count, in fact, won't be doing anything, is the injury bug that hit this weekend and probably the biggest headline. Um, three big guys uh, in Justin Jefferson, Devon Aitken, and Anthony Richardson. All I, I don't think they confirmed that Aitken is going to IL yet, but everyone seems to think he will. Um, at least from Richardson either. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, that that's true. Um, but I think the initial pro- the, the initial diagnosis was was that with that level three sprain, he'd be out a month. Now again, they're going to get alternative opinions, but let's function under the premise that they're at least going to miss four games. Okay. Yeah. Um, what would you guys, you know, what's your general take on it? Like, because there's are three big guys who won this season for teams. Uh, you know, who's the biggest person? And maybe the biggest question is, who has trade value while on it? You know, we kind of clicked on the Justin Jefferson thing earlier, but I'm just going to be the players who, who has the most trade value. It's weird, and I'm probably going to catch flack for this uh, in tomorrow. I think Justin Jefferson probably has the most trade value for the least reason. I think the the report that I saw, I think it was a clip from the Pat, Mac, Pat McAfee show, is that... Um, there's not a lot of optimism that JJ comes back after four weeks, but I don't know that that's been reported elsewhere. So that's like, you know, not anything foundational. It's just my, my, what I'm hearing and the type of assets you have to give up for JJ to get him back. I would be concerned if he started missing more than four or five weeks. Right. Um, Achan, I'm a little worried on because they haven't said a whole lot. And once again, I I have this thing I like to do. Whenever somebody gets hurt, I go to the the, the local subreddits and read what their fans are talking about. 
And the Dolphins subreddits, they were talking about how they, they're starting to get concerned that HN is going to be shut down for the season. Oh. Um, once again, that is my own like anecdotal, like something I like to do. I don't think there's been any reports to that effect. I don't think that that is true at all. But I personally tend to err on the side of like what their fans are talking about with how I view people. Um, Richardson. I don't know how I feel about local fans seem to want him put on IR and to be, to be gotten healthy, right? Media reporting that I've seen has been that they're debating putting him IR on IR, which is actually good news for his availability. If they're debating putting him on IR, that means they think he can come back sooner than four weeks. I don't know if I like that. Just like, but it's not my choice. I'm not the coach, obviously. You know what I mean? So I think all of them have varying degrees of value. Um, and I, I, I hate to, to, to give you a non-answer, but I think it's up to the manager making the trade what they're willing to give for a guy that is on IR is really what it boils down to. So, yeah. And the situation for the team, both yeah. buying and selling. What yeah. do you need and what do you got? But uh, Eddie, what are your thoughts? I would say in terms of a position that you probably can wait on uh, in terms of value, I think that's what drives my decision here, and that's why I would go J.J., I think a quarterback position, you can't buy into a QB position that's hurt and then get that kind of value out of them. Uh, I don't know, at least for me, when they come back. I just I just don't think that that would work the same. Now, Justin Jefferson, there's so much depth at that position that you can afford to give up a little bit, wait and see how it pans out. Obviously, the situation you're in depends heavily on whether you can or cannot, but... I don't know. I, I think JJ will have the biggest return on investment mm-hmm. out of the three of these guys. I think quite quite easily the biggest return on investment. There can be debates made for Richardson as to why you might not get good value on him as a return on investment. Um, and also you got to look at the position of the owners who are holding these individuals. Mm-hmm. I think that also makes a huge difference in terms of the value that these people are going to have yeah, uh, I, to you. Like, I can tell yeah. you that I'm tentatively planning on sitting on Richardson because I think yeah. holding him on my IR for four weeks should. or even five weeks, if he comes back healthy through the end of the season, I, that'll give me a very good like QB2. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, okay, yeah, I, I think I tend to agree with you there. Just one interesting note off the back of that is Aislinn um, has seven touchdowns in his first four career starts. That's the most of any player who's played four games in the Super Bowl era. And we've mentioned how, you know, shallow the RB position is. So I, I included him in here just because I was interested to see if anyone would take that approach. Because I kind of did when I was writing it, but not, you know. Um, I think what works against him is that despite the RB position being shallow, you can pick up his backup. Now, granted, Miami is in a weird position, but you can pick up his backup and get production that you would expect from him. Do you know what I mean? Will you be able to replace A-Chan? Like, no, no shit. Like, you can't replace Chubb either. But yeah. if you're starting Ford, like I was, I never felt bad about starting Ford. You know? Um, where that's not the case with, like, Justin Jefferson. Like, you can't you can't replace Justin Jefferson. You can get close. You can't. Don't get me Jordan wrong. Addison, now that I think about it, Mm-hmm. 
he's not in a bad spot. Well, I mean, that's a that's a good spot for him. It is a good spot uh, to for be him. in. Um, I saw though that Osborne was going to slot into that X receiver, which JJ was playing. Now, yeah, granted, but... J- uh, Osborne's kind of a jag, so yeah. <laughs> I think so, the other thing that hurts Etienne is Raheem Mostert. Raheem is starting. The depth of the position started. is the big thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think Jeff Wilson Jr. is all that is, is anything in comparison to what Etienne said. But Raheem Mostert, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know there. Um, all right, that's, uh, that's the fantasy headline, so let's jump into some trade talk. Eddie, why don't you kick us off here, because it may have been discussed at last week's episode, but I think it might, uh, I don't know, I think there might be some value in hand what you have to say about your big trades last week, moving to the obviously that has yeah. now, um, and playbook, and getting the quarterback room that you got, as well as some other people. Yeah, I think, uh, again, I think that I was while I was giving up a lot of really high-valued players, mm-hmm. I was giving myself a more sustainable chance to continue to win throughout the re- end of the year and get myself two quarterbacks that can get me 30 points on any given week. I wasn't getting that with any waiver pickup. I was at waiver eight. Every good quarterback on the waiver was going to be gone. Like it, it was. That's what's going to happen. They're all going to be gone. So I would have ended up again with like a Jimmy G or like some absolutely horrible choice at quarterback. And then I have to rely on Herbert to give me 30 points a week for me to actually have a sustainable offense. Um, So that was the decision there. Um, And then Diggs was just a a point that him and I just battled back and forth. You know, Justin Jefferson was actually on the table and it's a piece that I really wanted back. He just wasn't budging on it, which I respect it in hindsight. Kind of helped me out a little bit because now JJ might be out for a few weeks, if not the rest of the year. Um, and I have myself some depth at the positions where I'm pulling in. Like I need the depth. And again, it was a depth play more than anything else. Like I just really needed that depth. And it was a point that actually Nate had made the podcast before or the week before that, a couple weeks ago, whenever he was on, about he liked my team, but he wasn't sold because of some of those top heavy players and I had no depth and I was like, you know, that's actually a really good point. Like I don't have that depth and I need to get that depth. And, uh, I found a group of guys that I thought can provide me with that depth over the sustainable end of the, of the year and even give me some wins on bye weeks whenever I need that depth. Um, so yeah, that was that was my move. Yes, in terms of value, Max fleeced me in terms of value because he got the QB one and wide receiver five. But again, his situation is very different. I knew that he is in a need to win situation. Those players, while they might provide him some value, he's got a very tall, tall, tall hill to climb. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I can sleep knowing that, okay, I gave him those two pieces, but he might not even make playoffs. And if he does, good for him. He deserves it type of deal. Well, so. I, I think that what, and I, I, I hate to belabor the point that I, I, I've been saying, and I don't know why. But What's your favorite word? I know. I have a problem where I feel like I beat like things that I say to death. So like, yeah. I, I, I think that where people get hung up when they see like Herbert and, Digs being moved is they forget that that having not a good QB two in in their like in that slot is 
way more of a hindrance than people detrimental. Think. It is yep. it is it is season ending. The bottom quarter of quarterbacks that you can pick up off the waiver wire is like absolutely like they will they will lose you games. They yep. won't it's not even like they'll keep they will Absolutely, Fuck, you Winston had negative two points. He came in for a play and threw it. Mac <laughs> Mac Jones, like, was part of the reason I I was able yeah. to win my matchup because he put up negative two points against me. Like, I like truly, yeah. Like you, it cannot be overstated, right? I consider myself immensely lucky that I was in a position where I could start. I could take Minshew if I wanted, who is a perfectly serviceable backup, right? Or I could get use my waiver and get Baker, who has actually been a worthwhile streaming quarterback. No, I think it's lower yeah, than that. So it might be lower than that. I think he, he had a bye week. So yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He was 12, I think, yeah. at the time. Yeah, so like I'm not upset about ha- being able because, like, I, I spoiler alert, yeah. I'm using my one number one waiver oh, on Baker, yeah. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, so. I consider myself super lucky because if that was like I, there was a very good chance my season would be sunk, you know. And I and I will say I understand the move on my end of why people didn't like it because I had Baker and then I dropped him because I just I didn't one I didn't like the matchup and yeah. two I just I'd rather just kind of fly through the through the quarterback sections and obviously he's kind of sustained and you know I think cool. if I don't let go of Baker that week I probably don't make the deal. Right. And and that's just I move on and I win my matchup again because I, I probably would have won it again depending on what waiver QB I would have picked up. But you know, again, I the move that I made, I think I, I can sleep well knowing that my pieces went to a team that needed it. Yeah. That might not that. even end up making a difference by the end of the season. And like no offense to Max, he's just in a really tough situation. Like that's mm-hmm. a hard hole to dig yourself out of. Um, and it's, he has the pieces to be able to do it. It's just the risk behind some of those pieces is the tough part. So it's kind of fucked kind of fuck because my first thought yeah. was if Max does get locked, that's like all kinds of good players getting locked out of playoffs. That is Nate mentioned it. Probably the greatest roster in this league's history to not make playoffs. Well, if it happens. he still has time, but yes. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said if it happens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, right, let's keep it rolling, and why don't we jump into your first of the week because you made me tasty. Uh, well, I'll just let I'll let you kind of kind of intro it. Uh, you just kind of walk in third and tie your ideas, and he gets Jalen Warren. Yeah, I mean, I this was a trade that he needed to make because he had guys on bye week, and he was in a must win week. I, I I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on it. Um. Obviously, I'm happy with it. So, you know, I'll let yeah. the other two talk. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because a similar offer was made. I think I, I think everyone knows JC was kind of shopping around yeah. at that point and reaching out to a few owners. And it's actually an offer that I semi regret not moving a little bit more on. Uh, he included the quarterbacks, which was the tough part part for me because I literally just traded for my quarterbacks. I was like, well, I like Russell Wilson. Don't like him enough to move away from either Goff or Lawrence because I think Goff and Lawrence's success over the rest of the season is higher than Wilson's. And I really like Kenneth Walker and I just didn't feel like taking on a bye week. Uh, I could have, you know, I was in a position where I could have easily have taken on the bye week, but uh, 
yeah, it just didn't jump on it. And I think you got a great value mm-hmm. um, in your position. Like you capitalized again. He was in a position where he needed to make a move, um, and you capitalized on that decision. And yeah, I, I like your value on this. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think JC's got himself a decent return. Uh, the only part that I just I, I didn't love is just the Pittsburgh backfield. It's just so up and down and all over the place that I just yeah. yeah. I mean I don't like the Pittsburgh yeah. backfield either. I, that's not yeah. true. I think the, the here's here's my I like the backfield as a whole, but fantasy value I don't because well, you don't know who's going to score. I think that if they figure it out after the bye for whatever reason, which they did last year, I think that backfield gets a lot better. Is mm-hmm. is my honest opinion. So. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a controversial point is that I just I don't want any pieces fantasy wise of that Pittsburgh backfield for exactly what you said, Eddie. So I like the right side of it. I think at both teams again, you, you don't do a deal if you don't think you get what you need. We've had yes. outliers in every season, maybe if they were around and we had some. But I, at this point in time, I don't think there's anyone getting least necessarily. And if yeah, no. we'll, we'll call it. Um, let's go ahead and jump on to the next trade that was made and the last trade that was made this week. Uh, it was Scott and Nate doing the deal here. Uh, Scott gets Tank Dell, Joshua Palmer, and Miles Sanders. Nate gets Keith Higgins and Joe Mixon. Hey, what was your initial take on this one? Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of looking through just recent activity between some of these guys. <laughs> I think this is Scott taking a shot mm-hmm. at this point at some guys who have high ceilings because that's what I do think. Like I think Tank Dell has a very high ceiling. I think that he can really do well in that offense and it'd be sustainable, especially with the flow that that offense has been in. You know, I think it's a good place for him to go to. Same thing with Josh Palmer with Mike Williams being out. Like that's just a a natural fit for him to come in. And with the bye week allows a little bit more of that teamwork with Herbert and everything to kind of get a sustainable push for the rest of the year. Uh, And then Miles Sanders, you know, on and off, um, I like Miles. I think he's a good flex play RB to maybe depending if you're hurting or not. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I get Scott's move here and I, and I don't hate it. I understand what he's doing here. I think he's going, you know, go big or go home. And I think that's what he wants here with these guys. They're guys that are starters that can play that can have boom weeks that help you, you know, on the other hand, T Higgins and Joe Mixon, that offense has been abysmal all year so far. So he just has to drop the weight of those teams who just have not been performing very well. So, yeah, yeah. just echo what Ed, Eddie said. I think that this was Scott trying to make a move to to give himself a win, um, in a position where he needs it. It's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, I, I I am also high on Tank Dell, um, which worries me as a Negro Collins owner. But Jeff Palmer, I'm a little lower on. Just because I don't, I think he hasn't done it before. He's been in this offense. Maybe he was wide receiver three instead of wide receiver two. He hasn't done it before. And Miles Sanders, he's a professional running back in RB one. He's going to get yep. what that production looks like, and especially in that offense that's really trying to figure out their next. You're right. All of those have the potential that in the right game in the right frame game script, they go off especially time. And yeah, I just think he needed to move on from Higgins and Mixon just because you know, that, yeah. Yeah, and I think Mixon was providing him. Yeah, I think Mixon was providing him a decent floor. You know what I mean? Like Mixon, I think was averaging him like uh, twelve points or something like that. Not horrible for a flex play, but again, that's not what he had him as. So like it it hurts him 
right. to want to play him at that position. Like he needs more production. And I think this is a fantastic move on Nate's part. It's an Endra's move. Like I will right. always say that they, they, they all make very similar moves in similar fashions and they capitalize. And I think that's what this is. Like he's pulling himself T Higgins. It's a wide receiver too on that Bengals offense who will see big games. That's without a question. Like he will see a game, you know, against a good matchup for a duration of period of time, two, three weeks where he's going to kill it. And Nate's going to capitalize on that and put them in those days, whatever the case is. And then Joe Mixon's a very good flex play. Like he's going to give you 12 to 13 points. Like I mentioned earlier, anything above 10 for me on a flex play is solid, but you give me more than that and I'm happy. And I think that's what he's going to get out of Joe Mixon. Yep. So. Yeah. Then let's run through, just because we do have a couple hard outs today. So we'll run through matchup review. Um, if doing out as an upset to you guys, whenever I, you know, if you have any thoughts, just throw it out there. Uh, first one, we'll do your matchup. You took on uh, Damon. You took the head-to-head 166 to 52. You both take a median win. Anything stand out there? No, we both tried very hard to lose. Like you have to boom in for multiple plays. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of our team was just like, nah, nah, nah. DJ Moore's got it this week. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty much it. Uh, well, then we had Nick take on JC. JC comes out ahead, head to head, one forty-five to one twenty-two. But unfortunately for both, these take median losses. Um, anything here meaningful for you guys? No, yeah. not really. <laughs> I think so. I agree. And then in the uh, the low matchup for the week, uh, we got Aaron taking on Max, Max with his amended and bye week killed team. Uh, only puts up eighty and. It's Eaten by Karen 139. Both unfortunately also taking median loss. Um, yeah, on the bail teams, unfortunately, trying to claw their way out. Anything other than that to, to take from this? I think you see no, what happens just... with a bad QB room. Max, Max <laughs> drop. Like, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but like without, he's 130 points if he has two decent QBs, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think Kyron actually had a pretty solid week, and I'm not upset at what his team did with the players he's filled in. Like, to put up 139 points with that roster is not a bad place to be. I think he's just – there's just some pieces that are obviously missing from that offense that he needs. But overall, you know, yeah. I yeah, uh, not much else. We'll see again. One of these guys could go on a run. Personally, like a story in the rookie to leave one for Matt. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I'm voting for Max. Yeah, and he hasn't played yeah. me yet. Like the other end of these brothers, they can go to hell. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they it. No, um, but yeah, it's it's guys first year in the league. You know, it's like I think I'm getting ready last year. I had to kind of I was hoping he would you know go off a little. And I guess I had that same energy for me. So yeah. Um, and myself, Jake takes the head-to-head win in a close one, uh, 147.86 to 146.98. But luckily for us, we both take median wins as I am the median cutoff this week. Um, other than saying, other than stupid quarterback, Eddie, um, and having to keep ruining my, my life, um, any other comments? That's not a valid excuse because Jordan Love had 4.98 points. So that's don't even talk on Danny on that one, all right? That's just Justin Fields having himself a day. So, uh, but overall, no, nothing, nothing crazy. I think this matchup went exactly as you probably would expect it. Like two fighting for median league, like league median teams, five hundred close matchup. 
it was uh, it was a close one and a fun one to watch play out, but nothing else outside of that. All right, then we we had uh, Scott taking on Nate and Nate big one on the week one eighty six to one twenty seven. Nate clearly takes median win, the best team this week. Scott takes a median loss and puts Scott in what we said is probably an unusual position for Scott uh, at this time of the season. So we'll see if he makes any moves. You know, all uh, the conversations last week. But anything else to take from this one? Brock Purdy, man, he's a real deal. Apparently, yeah, yep. he is the real deal. He is probably the unsung. Obviously, Jamar Chase at fifty-two points. So just throw that out there. But I think he is the unsung hero of that entire offense. The guy has been playing so well. I think he's been averaging close to twenty points a game. And like for a guy that I think he drafted, he drafted him pretty late. Like he didn't take him early. One hundred and eighty-sixth overall pick to be able to give you top five QB push and fantasy is just absolutely insane kudos to nate for even picking him up because i wanted nothing to do with Purdy when the season started and it's been proven completely wrong so it's, it's funny um and I, I don't want to get too much into draft talk because i'm sure we'll do a conversation at some point about the draft yeah. i don't know if you remember sean but i told you my plan was to take mahomes and purdy the mm-hmm. only reason i didn't is because you had mentioned that you were looking at um Richardson at one point, way before like we even knew draft positions and everything. So he was trying to snipe you. Well, no, no. It had, it just so happened that he fell farther than I thought he was going to. I, I'll be honest I didn't with you. Before your turn. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't take him before your turn. Well, it's not just that. I, I remember yeah. thinking leading into this that like and Nate clowned me in the pick and I was I was kind of shocked because I thought all oh, y'all were gonna be all over Richardson. Like, I, I legitimately thought that a bunch of people in this league would have had him in their sights. And when he fell to me at that point, I was like, fuck it, man. Like, I'm just going to grab him. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But Purdy was my other target. And there's a part of me that's like, shit, like, I could have had that. But I'm not upset with Richardson either. So, you know. Yeah. I also think Purdy yeah. has a smug little fucking face. And so now I hate him. <laughs> I actually love the guy. I love I everything he's doing in that offense. Me man. too. He is absolutely killed. Mr. Irrelevant. Like, you, you can't hate the guy. I yeah. can. So. <laughs> so you also have a place for racing with, like, half the league. So, yeah. Know, yeah. 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 I know. Right. Black woman was uh, taking on Kevin. Eddie's putting up 176 to Kevin's 144. Eddie takes the median win, and Kevin just misses out on a, on a median win to take the loss. Yeah. Um, anything off of this one? Love my QB room. That's it. <laughs> Love the consistency. Yeah. That it and forget it. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. Oh, what was that, Barry? Nothing. Okay. Then any big takeaways from this week for you guys? Anything stand out to you? I've yeah, said it above above what we've already. We've said it sixteen times in this podcast. Like you need a good QB room. Like. I saw, like, I was just looking through. There are multiple losses because of, like, bad QB play. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you could say that about yeah. any position, but I just think that, like, to rephrase this and to, to, to twist this another way, like Eddie said, you can replace some of the, the production of Justin Jefferson with a guy like, uh, let's just use Addison to pull a name out of my butt. Mm-hmm. I don't, you don't see that in the QB room because what really happens is the guys that are on waiver, the bottom eight, quarterbacks in the league 
you're not getting yeah. the 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 wide receiver two on you know the Steelers and Pickens who will put up 24 points. You're getting the guy that's like Zach Wilson who's like he probably shouldn't be an NFL starting quarterback. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No. I uh, I agree. I, I think that. Yeah, like I mean, you're looking at Baker, Bryce Young, Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, and then Kenny Pickett. Like none of those guys. You get that really Baker slander out of your mouth. Uh, Baker, I was well, I, I was actually just about to work my way back around there and say Baker might be the only guy. He's QB twenty right now, but he had a bye week, so we'll see where that goes. But I think uh, Baker's probably the only guy in that list that I would feel semi confident pulling into my team and starting. One more guy in that list. I think Evan hasn't dropped. Stafford. Whoever, whoever Deshaun. Stafford. Um, they dropped Stafford or Deshaun. But, well, Deshaun's um, got an injury yeah. designation, so he doesn't have to drop him. Yeah, well, technically, he's, that's a that's like a weird. Because he had the designation the before the game. He had he had it before the game, so he was in his right to hold hey, that. Hey, 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 so, hey, 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 listen, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to put the bear on it. I'm not. Yeah. No, we we made a deal. We're not talking about it today. So I told him last night we're not talking about it on the phone. That's a perfect opportunity to just talk about it. What? No. no. Uh-uh. Anyway, sorry. Because you're um, outnumbered. Yeah, you can yeah, outnumber yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but you're a hey, you're outpowered, uh, both of you. So <laughs> fair enough. All right, you were right. no, the podcast. <laughs> he has the song. He has the no, login for the podcast. Yeah, I got it all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding with you guys. I'm just fucking around. Uh, that, that's probably good. And you guys have touched on mine beforehand, but we're we're seeing the separation. The league is starting to separate out. Elite teams, yeah, so I'll include you for that right now because I'm not your rival. Um, the elite teams have kind of pulled ahead, and then we see a cluster around that five, six, seven spot with even the guys above and below them not that far away. Like I said, I know I know we were ragging on Max, but like he's only three spots out of a playoff spot. So yep. if he goes on a run, mm-hmm. that's all he needs. He only um, needs a couple guys to slip up and his yeah. roster to push him back, and he's fine. Yeah. And by week and injury here, like I, I don't yeah, think like, likely. Yeah. I'm going to make that argument. Yeah. yeah. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. With uh, that, we'll just do a quick check in the league standing. So, yes, both Nate and because of Quinn differential, he is number one. And you also at nine and one, Eddie. Uh, Nugent sits alone in third place at seven and three. Then both uh, Boatwright and. Uh, Jake are six and four, and then the round out the top six is Nick at five and five. And then there's one person who's one, but I it's me, but I have very little hope. <laughs> um, but uh, with that said, let's just quickly, I don't know, any thoughts to shout out? I'm just going to run through this real quick. It's all right. I want you to get to the next section. Yeah. Um, next week. So first matchup is Max against Nick. Who you got and why? I'm gonna go with Max. You starting the you starting the early? You starting the uh the comeback? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with That's what I'm going for. He's got a good roster. Moment. So go with Nick. Well, I'm running with Eddie on the plane. I've been talking about all podcasts. I gotta stick with it. So okay. yeah. I'm gonna go with Max as well. No offense, Nick. Uh, next one is DC against Boatwright. Boatwright, are you taking yourself or or not? Yes. Just that simple. Yeah. I would. I would also agree here. I. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think overall just the roster is complete. It's more complete from top to bottom. Obviously, he's going to have to play a waiver QB, but I think Baker is sustainable to, to be able to get him to where he needs to be. Yeah, so, he is. Yeah. Gas me up, yeah. Eddie. <laughs> no, all right, I, I need you for when he gets to my section. So there you go. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, no, I tend to agree. Even with the the waiver claim pick, I'm like, it's going to be Baker because you're at the first spot. Yeah. Fine. And although it may be now Jason room lazy because Russell remembered how to play fantasy, but how to play football at least for fantasy. Who knew? Um, I think the rest of your roster probably just tipped in your favor. So. All right, hey, let's do you now. Uh, you're taking on stock, uh, boot rate. Who you got? Eddie. Just like that. Nothing. No resistance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm high on Scott as a manager. I'm very low on Scott's team. Like, I think that Scott, <laughs> to be clear, Scott had, I said in the chat, he just caught every bad, every time he made a move, his guy got hurt. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I brought in this good guy. Like, oh, his leg fell off. So yeah. his leg fell off. Like what it's been like. Like oh, he gets Tank yeah. Dell and Tank Dell gets and in a game that should have been good for Dell, his Dell gets a concussion yeah. in like the first quarter. It's just like Scott had a cursed year. Yeah. Yeah. When you're starting Michael Thomas and Chris Olave as your one and two, we, we gotta have a talk. Yeah. No, no, no. Chris Olave's good, but he's been struggling this year, and I think Derek Carr's half the reason. But yeah, so I think I tend to agree with you. I think I'll I'll take Eddie in this one as well. And I don't think it's close, unfortunately. Sorry, Scott. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will take myself here. Uh, shocker. I think you know. I just uh, just trust my team. Uh, you know, I got a couple places where I think sustainably they've just pushed me a long way, and I think this is kind of slept on. But my kicker and my defense have been murdering it all year. Low key, got kicker one and defed uh, D three. So. Um, yeah, not to not to say that that's the only factor why I've been winning, but you know, I think that it helps when you have consistency amongst those two bottom ones that can get you at least like I don't know eight to twelve points a week. Twelve so. points for the kicker is not anything to scoff at. My kicker put up two no, points last week. Like my kicker's averaging fourteen a week. Yeah, there you go. That's like flex. I put him in a flex spot yeah. and start another kicker, well, and I'll be fine. You can't do that, but you know that's fine. <laughs> yeah, if I could. I'd leave the match and get out of the Yeah, yeah. We'll just add another spot in. <laughs> uh, all right, next matchup. Me taking on Damon. Uh, Damon is a buzzsaw. Let me put it this way. I put up – DJ Moore put up 49 points, and I almost lost to Damon, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the what's helping you is – uh, it chains out. Mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert's out. Mm-hmm. He's starting Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. which I think that helps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My big question is that QB two spot for you. They Thank say you. Daniel's going to come back. Do you even play Daniel? Even if he does come back, the guy is averaging like eleven points a game. That's like terrible. He's, mm-hmm. You can probably find something more decent in the waiver wire. For that spot, so I don't know. It just depends. Like Gino, not Gino. Uh, the backup, fuck's his name. Forget his name now. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor probably will get a concussion his first play uh, because he loves running the ball as well. It happened last year. So 
that's the only question I have about your roster in terms of being able to compete. Like again, that consistency with QB one and two is I think extremely important. And I just don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to do enough in terms of what Daniel Jones might not be able to do. Um, so. Let me put it this way. I was listening to analysis this week on uh, like what quarterbacks to stream. And Stafford was the guy that they used the example. And they said, you want to play Stafford because even Daniel Jones managed to put up 30 points against the cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I, I, so. Well, um, and I've been living in like, my before waivers. Clear, but like he, he might not be a man. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we'll 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 okay. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> 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 hey, I'll, I'll let add you to your roster. Don't worry. I will fucking I'll put Baker on your cut everybody. It's over. It's done. It's over. Oh man. All right, next one. Yeah. Hey. on Nate. Who you got? Gotta take Nate. Who's taking on Nate? Good. I'm going to take Jake, upset of the week. Ooh. Upset of the week. Actually, uh, let me me take a peek at it. Uh, I think... uh, uh, Addison. Yeah, yeah. Addison. Yeah, no, that's a... That's a quite easily a Nate for me. Hold on, hold on. Hear me out. And I'm going to get eaten alive by Nate in the chat. It's okay. I think you do this sometimes just to... Yes. Jamar, he loves getting eaten out. Nate was lead high with Jamar Chase putting up 59 points. Or 51 mm-hmm. points, excuse me. Jamar Chase probably puts up 30, and suddenly Nate's beatable. Like, he's, he's at 160 points. It's not a lot. You know what I mean? I beat him. At, I'm just saying. Oh. I, I had 160 points. 160. Well, did you beat him, or was it a league median, or did you beat him head up, and then he got the league? No, 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 no. I, so, uh, spoiler alert. I always like to see who I beat out of the top people, so I watch them, like, their scores, and I say to myself, like, oh, I would have beaten this person. That bodes well for me. I had Nate until Jamar Chase put up 51 points. It's a big until. Well, but Jamar Chase put up 51 <laughs> points every week. Like, yeah, no, that's also true. Um, but I'll yeah. more than putting up 49 points. And that's what I, you're I would I would trust Jamar to put up fifty that's more than uh, DJ. No, well, yeah, you're right, but I feel like my team had a weird week too, so I'm not going to say a whole lot. Also, I mean, all he's saying is that he has a nine and one roster; they're just not nine and one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a couple yeah, bad games. Yeah, no. Um, never. To be honest with you, I probably have a different upset of the week. I just forgot to pick an upset of the week until the last pick, so. Unfortunately, it's got to be Nate. There's still one more. We didn't. We oh. got one more. Okay, that's um, it, Nate. As am I. I'm not going to top 10 Kevin. Up to the week with Kyron. Why not? Okay. <laughs> I have no depth analysis other than that. I actually, uh, genu- I genuinely, I think I go Kyron. Yeah. I got yeah. Okay. Have a good All right. All right. Guys, We'll, we'll break down your your your, your crappy hot picks. Yes, please do. <laughs> Hold on. To defend myself, they're hot. <laughs> you guys understand? Everybody was like, "Oh, this is a bad take." It's a fucking hot take. 
Like, what do you expect? They're supposed to... Only, only you can give bad hot takes. I, you know what I mean? Saying. Like, no like, one else. These are legitimately, yeah. like, they're hot. They're things I don't think are going to happen. <laughs> like, but they're hot takes. Oh, man. I, I right. thought Laporta would have a good game. I started him at all my, like, daily fantasy lineups for the week. That's the mistake you made. You made a hot take, and then you actually actioned on your roster on the hot take. Worst thing you could no, possibly do. No, I didn't. I, I did the opposite of my hot take <laughs> on my roster. I started Laporta in all of my daily fantasy scores because I thought he was going to have a good game. So my hot take was oh. he's going to have a shitty game. There. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We love you anyways. See ya. Yeah. See ya. Later. Okay. All right. So on right, let's close topic. this out with his shitty hot takes. God damn it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so, the first hot take was would have a pretty good game against the Finns. No. All right. Okay. If you just got off other hot takes, whatever. This, is, this isn't a hot take. This is, like, you need to be the son to believe this after every game of Daniel Jones showed up. I don't know about that one. I don't know what he's thinking. Listen, I'm a D. I'm a I'm a DJ believer. Don't get me wrong, uh, but that's a rough one. I just... uh, was and then he played. Yeah. Them. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to credit, Kukunakua and Cup both put up 20 plus points against yeah. the Eagles. Like we talked about, they they did well. They did well. Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah. I would agree. I think they both did really well. So. Yeah. So. And then Waddle gets his first touchdown of the season. Um, he, you know, blind profile finds another one. Hey, you got to throw a dart somewhere with your eyes closed. One of these is going to hit, you know, and that was the one. Yeah. Then the prediction was Zay Flowers had a huge game against Peterson in the season. Yeah, I would I would say that it is a, a good game. Good game. Not a huge game. Yeah. Uh, like he mentioned, like mentioned on there, some dropped passes really did him more. He probably would have had over a hundred yards, and and you know would have gotten close to that twenty point territory possibly. But again, mm-hmm. it, the drop passes killed him. Yeah, and so those last three were close, if not good enough takes. The last two to continue with it's that. I still Laporta lays an egg against the Panthers because of game scripts, and instead Laporta puts up two tutties. And like I think with Zian was Career like day. Oh, yeah, just uh, yeah, twenty five points or something crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't tell you that. Uh, and then the Bengals continue to will him to be healthy, instead he comes out and shows his joke. Balls. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 He balls out. He was in right? Yeah. So, um, I actually think like we'll jump. We'll leave the next one for another week. Mm-hmm. Um. Was there any other news or fantasy impact that we didn't already tell you that you think is worth mentioning before we close this thing out? I don't think so. You know, I think we've discussed a lot of it. I think uh, we d- we have done a lot of our big, uh, you know, just going over everything just in general and talking about biggest impact so far this year. And I, again, that that's kind of the big thing is for me is just how weird this season has been probably because I'm winning it, generally I'm not in this position. So it's always like, I know what to expect. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a weird season. You know, you mentioned something about elite teams up top. I don't put my team in that category just yet. I just, it's hard to be in that category and it's hard to sustainably be in that category. Uh, you know, there's only a couple guys that I would ever tell in this league that they have elite teams consistently. Uh, and then the other guy, is he's nine and one and he's sitting up there with me up top. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I, I'd need to see, you know, I think consistently I've done pretty well. Um, I haven't had any crazy, like, out-of-the-door points weeks. But again, um, yeah, just not there just yet. There's a couple guys and a couple rosters that I think are better than mine, holistically. Like, I look at Damon's roster, that's a better roster than me. I think I've just gotten lucky with my matchup so far this year and have kind of pushed through that way. Um, and he's gotten a little unlucky with his matchups so far this year. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I can agree with you. I, and I don't, you also are, you are what your record is. Like, yeah. you know, and until, until you lost as I am, I'm on the record. You're no. on team. I know we fly on, as you did last year with, with and the funny part is, is that it didn't pan out for me. It, it um, completely flipped. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if uh, the uh, the karma finds its way back around to me. Yeah, we'll, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the world parent definitely yeah. threw Eddie out of making the playoffs. Um, yeah, for, for my own personal sake, I hope you're there, but I also hope I'm playing you. So. <laughs> uh, I'll be playing anyone. You know what yeah. I mean? Playoffs in general is fun for me. So, you know, yeah. I hope I make it in general. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I want to uh, report games. That'd be nice. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. So. But it'll be fun the whole way along the way. So, uh, yeah. Hey, thanks for joining again, Eddie. Always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. um, and do you got anything else before we uh, hit that outro music? Got a whole lot of nothing. Appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, I think what? you know continues to be a really fun year, and uh, you know we'll we'll see where where the rest of the season takes us. You know, no regrets here with Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence at all. Loving the guys, they're killing it. So, yeah, that's it. All of that done, but that's that's all right. That's how we'll leave it. But Bryce Young was my regret, but he's long gone. You moved faster. Yeah, you moved faster. Yeah, it's a complete full circle. We started to be up to We'll end with that. So for my oh, look who's back. Oh, look look who's who's back. back. Well, we actually literally just about to ramp the pot. Yep. So, well, we'll leave the final thought to you. Then, whether you want to talk about your, your hot and cold takes or whatever it is, but I'll leave it to you before I hit the outro. Yeah, we just moved it. Listen, last yeah. year was the heel when wrestling, but you were setting yourself up, man. But, uh. Hey. Fantasy works in mysterious ways, so oh, don't, yeah. don't, don't tempt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. On back to that. Well, y'all have a good night, and we'll catch y'all next week. All righty, appreciate y'all. All right.